You may be seated. Donut just answered the call to ministry. He says, I think I could do that. All right, anyway, uh, we're so glad you guys are here this morning. Welcome to Connect Church. Uh, I wish I would tell you that, you know, something like this weird won't happen again, but it probably will. And so we're so thankful for what God's doing here this morning. Man, we are so thankful that you guys are here, and what an awesome introduction to our sermon. If you missed the first three sermons that we talked about that Andrew uh, illustrated to us uh, with hand puppets. By the way, uh, you realize that for some of us that are... Um, challenged physically. Uh, if you were watching behind the scenes, probably some of you, uh, I, th- there's no way I'm doing this again. Because if I use the hand motions, my little grandkids are going to go, uh, Papa T, I don't think you should do that with your fingers. But anyway, yeah, so some of us probably never need to try that out again. But we're glad that you guys are here today. We're looking forward to covering the first three sermons. You can go to and download our sermon, uh, Connect Church Sermon Podcasts app, and you can download that and catch up on all three sermons that we've already covered so far because they give you a great introduction to what we're talking about here today, and we're going to continue on with that journey. Now, I don't know about you guys this morning, uh, but man, I had a rough night last night, and so I hope you guys are awake. I'm going to try to stay awake on my own message. For the first time, um, uh, I've got sweet tea, not water, in my cup today. So here's my, my testimony. As Belen's out of town, my wife, and she is visiting one of our grandchildren in North Carolina, and uh, she's in church with them and our son that works on staff there this morning and she's babysitting the the little grand boy and so anyway so guess what I did last night Bobby my wife's out of town I can eat what I want so I went to the store and I can get just one steak I got two steaks and I got two baked taters and sour cream and butter and everything on the fixings and I ate two steaks two baked taters and then when I got done, I went and got ice cream. <laughs> and I had the biggest stomach ache all night. I did not sleep. I was up. I had the craziest weird dreams when I did sleep. Uh, so I'm telling you, I need sweet tea today. I'm wired. We're no telling where we're going to go today. And so y'all just let Belen know she cannot leave town without more supervision uh, on me. So uh, anyway, I'm going to do what she says next time. Here we are this morning, and we're speaking of obeying commandments today. We're going to dive in, and we're going to cover three commandments. Now, don't freak out. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put the text up there. I mean, the sermon title this morning. So turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 20. This is, uh, we normally don't do this, so we got a lot of first-time guests. Come back next week, and we'll probably do something weird. But anyway, Anyway, I uh, need to know today, all three of these points are going to be, our, our the sermon title are actually the three points of the message. Go ahead and get your notes out early. You're going to need a lot of notes today, taking, and so we do note taking here at Connect Church. So this is going to be what we're going to talk about. Each one of these three principles are actually uh, the, the title of the message, and so we're going to dive into it. And we need to get you guys out of a rut. Uh, you realize Baptists are like, preacher, you can't change up the way that you preach. We've always done it this way, and we don't change the style of sermon. Uh, Y'all need to get out of a rut. Y'all know what a rut is, don't you? I've been practicing this all week, John. Y'all know what a rut is? Y'all need to get out of a rut, but you Baptist folks. Uh, A rut is just a grave with both ends knocked out. I did it. I nailed it. All right, and so it's a grave. Okay. All right, anyway, and so this morning, we're going to talk to you guys about commandments uh, number five, six, and seven, uh, each one of those represented in our sermon title. And so let's dive into it this morning. But before we do, uh, let me sort of set at the stage and remind you guys of where we've been at so far. Uh, so a lot of you guys came to me last week or, or to our staff, and you guys were hitting us up and especially talking. We do- talked about this on. Uh, we also have another podcast, and it's called Connect Church podcast. It's a very creative title. And so download that app. But every Thursday that, that airs and uh, you can, and, and one of the great things, not only do we have a good time, you're going to laugh a little bit or a lot, but also it recaps the sermon. And so every Thursday you can download, it's about 30 to 40 minutes and uh, you can listen to it. And this week uh, you really need to go back and catch it because so many of you guys were hitting me up. So Pastor Terry, what is the legalities of, you know, how far do we go with this about using God's name in vain? And what what do we do on the Sabbath? And so you guys were hitting us with the technical questions of that. I answer those questions that you guys have on the sermon uh, or on the Connect Church podcast. But here's in summary what I'm saying. Go back and listen to that in details if you'd like to know more. But here's what we're arguing and been making the case for. God did not give us the Ten Commandments. This is summary of the whole sermon series. It just save us. Let me say that again. The Ten Commandments and following them, first of all, without God... And the Holy Spirit and being saved, 
you ain't going to make it. You're never going to get through make it, being obedient to the Ten Commandments. And here's the reason why, is the Ten Commandments were never meant to save you in the first place. Remember what we've learned. The nation of Israel was in, was in slavery for 400 years. 400 years they've been captive, and, and they forgot who God was. So God sets them free. Y'all tracking with me this morning? He sets them free, saves them from slavery, gives them the plan to head to the promised land, and in the meantime, he teaches them, I know y'all forgot who I am, so this is how you have an extraordinary life. Are y'all with me this morning? Anybody in here could use a better life? I mean, are you living in America today? Anybody in here using, would like to have an extraordinary better life? Then here's what God says. This is who I am. I'm going to reveal to you in the Ten Commandments my nature and who I am. And if you guys really want to have a better life, then you get these commandments. And after you're saved, let the Holy Spirit help you live them out. Here's what Dr. Peter ends, uh, Old Testament Bible scholar. Here's what he makes the argument for. The commandments are not exhaustive pieces of legislation that account for each and every contingency and possibility, but they are to be obeyed. And this, and it should be a plural, but this takes continual reflection as you grow in the shadow of God's love and protection. We have one word around here, that summarizes that very scholarly definition of why you need to follow the Ten Commandments. Not to save you, but because it's a relationship. And here's the word that we use at Connect Church. It's called discipleship. The, the way that you learn to follow Christ will help you follow out and have a relationship with Jesus Christ and be obedient to these commandments. So with that said, quit trying to go back to your legalism and try to figure out what can I say, what can I do, what does this mean? You just allow Christ to grow you, and you're going to see that in the sermon today, that the commandments are not to be a legal argument, they're to be obeyed and with the Holy Spirit. So let's dive into it. Number one, you don't choose to get to choose your parents. How many of us have heard, how many of you guys have heard uh, of the Brothers Grimm? All right, anybody in here? All right, all of our students, teachers, if we got a teacher in here, I hope you're raising your hand. How many of you have heard of the Brothers Grimm? Because they're very famous authors. You go, I don't know, I've never heard of them. Yes, you have, you just didn't know who uh, was of the author. They've written the fairy tales that you grew up with. Anybody heard of Hansel and Gretel? Brothers Grimm. Little Red Riding Hood? They also wrote Cinderella and Snow White. The Brothers Grimm wrote these fairy tales, and then they wrote another one that you've probably never heard of called The Old Man and His Grandson. And I'm going to do something I don't think I've ever done here this morning, done because I want you guys to get your minds and your hearts and your emotions engaged in the message today, because this really, this fairy tale that they wrote, it is a little gruesome, but it really does paint a picture of what this uh, fifth commandment is all about. So you ready? Here we go. Once there was a little old man, they write, with trembling hands and feeble eyes. The little old man, in his uncertain table habits, became increasingly offensive to the daughter-in-law with whom he lived. So the little old man was set at the dinner table with his shaky hands and he would cause his food to spill on the table where they looked at him. And then food would begin to dribble on the outside of his mouth. And one day the daughter-in-law had had enough. And she said to her husband, the old man's son, said, and she looked at him and she goes, Would you quit fumbling your bowl? Would you quit fumbling with your food? And she took it away and she moved him to the corner of the room. She set him over in the corner in an uncomfortable chair, and by himself, he had to begin to eat the supper meals. And he would look up at the family sitting at the dining table with tears in his eyes as he trembled to eat because he was no longer allowed at the table. And then one day, he dropped the bowl, and he broke it. Now the daughter-in-law ceased and lost her uh, out of uh, all of her civility, and she screamed at him, "If you're a pig, you must eat from a trough. 
she shouted, and they, and they made him a little wooden trough, and he ate from it. And now the husband and wife's four-year-old little son one day was out playing with his blocks. And when the father asked him, and he said, what are you doing? And the boy smiled, and he said, I'm making a trough to feed you and mommy one day when you guys become pigs. The man, the husband, and the wife looked at each other, and they went and got the old man out of the corner. And they put him back at the table. And they gave him a comfortable chair. And they put food on his plate. And never again were they upset when he spilled his food. Fairy tales are not just for children. They're actually a part of the fifth commandment of what God is saying about honoring your parents and mother. And here's how he says it in his holy word. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Now, if you dig into the Hebrew here, uh, impacting a little, or going a little bit deeper with this, the word honor is really translated in the Hebrew, the word, we could say the word weight. In other words, God is making the argument that I want you to put weight to the integrity and the worthiness of your parents. He's saying, honor your father and mother. I want, you to, I want you to say it with me on the count of three this morning. You guys ready? On the count of three, I want you to say, honor your father and mother. One, two, three. Good job. And so this is a fifth commandment that God has given to us. And notice what he also says, uh, the, the clause at the, end of the, uh, at the end of the verse, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So he says, it's a conditional promise. You honor, and remember, they've just come out of Egyptian slavery. God said, we're going to march into a promised land. So they're out in the wilderness, and he says, would you guys like to have a nice, long, blessed life? Remember what we said? The whole purpose of the Ten Commandments is not to save you, but to lead you to an extraordinary, better life. And so he's following up with that. I want to give you guys good stuff. The problem is, y'all just won't listen to me. You keep wanting to do your life your way. Everything gets screwed up and you wonder and get frustrated and mad at God in the church of why it's not going right. Do it God's way. That's the title of our sermon series, and I will bless you. So he says to them, I'm going to give you a long life in the new land if you just remember to honor your parents and follow the other commandments. So, and remember, and we're going to get to number seven, kissy kissy. So hang on. All right. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, so what does that translate to your life and mine here in 2022? You've all probably heard this commandment, right? Uh, I'll guarantee if you grew up in the South, you uh, somewhere along the way, how many of you heard from your mom and daddy when you were growing up, I'm telling you, you need to straighten up. You need to fly right. Because the Bible says, you, you know, you were in trouble when mama pulled out the Bible and she goes, you know, the Bible says honor your father and mother. How many of y'all live that, all right? Uh, you knew they were getting serious when they said, uh, and they caught, pulled out the Bible. So we all grew up with this. We know this verse. We know what it's saying. But I want to talk to you guys about it and maybe a little bit deeper with you all this morning. Now, the truth of the matter is, whether you're a child or adult, um, it brings joy to our lives and to our parents when we learn to honor them. And I know some of you are sitting here thinking, man, I'm out on this one, Brother Terry, because maybe you're here today and your parents have passed away, and it makes this message difficult. Maybe your parents were difficult or demanding when you were growing up. Maybe your parents didn't love you, and they weren't there for you when you needed them the most. Now look at me this morning. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands but we're going to address you too. You're going to hear this morning how this verse applies to you that have had that experience in your life. And worst case scenario, maybe you're here this morning and you're going, man, my parents flat out abandoned me, gave me up for adoption. I was abused, a tough situation. And I know this commandment isn't easy, but I'm just telling you this morning, God makes a way possible for you and I to learn how to honor our parents, no matter how 
complex our situation is, and we're going to help you do that this morning. So no matter what your parents were like, there's a point in this, to this message this morning that God wants us to have a productive life, a better quality of life, and now here's why you want to obey this commandment. Here's why you don't want to neglect this commandment no matter what you came up. Number one, write this down, or at letter A, I create conflict in my family. Dr. Kidrick Thomas gives us these principles. I'm borrowing this preacher term for stealing news this morning, and here's what he says. He makes a great argument. I create conflict in my family, and, and, and you need to understand this morning what I'm, what I'm making the, uh, the, the, the challenge to you and I with is don't be the source of the conflict in your family. You see, when you and I break this commandment and disrespect our parents, are you listening to me this morning? You're going to create conflict and division in your family. When you make the choice, and we had one of our kids do this, and said, I guarantee you one thing, I get out of this house when I turn 18, I am not ever following your rules, and I am never Setting, set, setting foot back in Mississippi and living in Morville. And then he was on stage. So I'm just telling you, uh, you better be careful about what you say. And, and, and you, we create conflict in our families by dishonoring and not being obedient to this commandment. I also experience unnecessary pain in my life uh, because when we do this thing and we dishonor God and we dishonor our parents, when we dishonor our parents, we're also dishonoring God. Not only are you creating unnecessary pain in your life because you're not listening and getting advice from your parents, but you're also separating your fellowship with God. You, we, we still preach about a thing called sin here at Connect Church. And, and what we're saying is, is we're not trying to make you be self-righteous or perfect. What we're saying is, is you allow the Holy Spirit to help you follow Christ because when we allow sin to rule in our lives. I'm not trying to make you a better church member. I'm not trying to make you a good religious person. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. It's a relationship with the Father. When you sin, you break fellowship with the Holy Spirit and the Father. You don't run from sin because you're afraid God's just going to zap you. You run from sin because you realize, I want the Holy Spirit to help me have an extraordinary life, and when I choose to do it my way, he's out. And so the same thing happens in this. When we don't honor our parents, we're not going to get God's direction and blessing on our life. And you all know it. How many of you thought your parents didn't know what they were talking about when you were 18? How many of you argued and fought this week when you were lining up for graduation ceremony? I told you, I don't care whether you're wearing the gown or not, you're going to dress decent underneath that gown. I, I know the arguments. I know what all this stuff goes on. Uh, you're not wearing that shoes to graduation. You look like a moron. All right, so all those arguments and stuff uh, that you went on. Michael, did you look like a moron? Anyway, uh, and, and so all the stuff that we argued about, how many of you thought your parents were just complete morons when you were 18? You had that mindset. But let me just tell you, you're going to learn real quickly, you'd wish you'd listened. Anybody wish they'd listen, those of us that are older, when your mom and dad said, don't put all that money on your credit card because you're never going to get it paid off. Um, any of us wish that we'd listen, are you ready? This is a good one. When your parents told you, girl, don't you dare go out with that guy. He's a loser. Now raise your hand if you married him. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, uh, all right. So, yeah, put your hands down. All right. Uh, so uh, how many of you were told? Wow, that one really went sideways. Uh, all right. So the truth of the matter is you were told don't marry them. Uh, and, and so you wish you'd listen now. Uh, how many of you were told and you wish you'd listen when you were 18? Saying that Andrew's been yelling at you guys. It's what I pray over you guys every week and last Sunday, specifically on graduation. Don't forget about God. As you move out into this whole new generation of your life, don't forget about God. Don't forget about God. How many of us would have been on, we made a lot of mistakes, didn't we, Anthony? When we didn't listen to our parents and we did it our way. 
we wish we would have listened to God. Man, I totally get it, and so this is a great lesson to learn. Uh, honor your parents by listening. doesn't mean that they're always right. We're going to talk about that in just a second, but we still honor our parents by listening. My dad was not a good example, but he was right on some stuff, and I wish I would listen. When I was uh, graduated from college, uh, man, um, <laughs> I know I look like I'm really super smart, but uh, I did a five-year plan and a four-year program, so <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I got my money's worth. But anyway, uh, when I finally got, I walked across to my undergraduate studies before I went on to seminary, and when I finally got to walk across and, and get that piece of paper and all that stuff, um, so I'm married now at this point. I've been there so long, I got married, and so I finally get my undergraduate degree, and you know, ready to go off and get my first church, and, and what they didn't tell me in Free Will Baptist especially uh, is that you're going to start out, and we started out at, uh, I made, man, I was killing it. I was making $15,000 a year before taxes. Came out to 12 total, and so it was wonderful. Uh, with college graduate, and that's how I started my first seven years of ministry. But anyway, uh, and so, but I did something really stupid, and so when I graduated, making, getting ready to make the big bucks, you know, at Free Baptist Church, I decided I deserved after five years of college, because I know, again, I look like, but uh, I struggled a little bit to going through college, what my favorite thing, I just wanted to get out of there, and so I earned it, Tony, and so my dad told me not to, but I went and bought me a new car. That makes sense. College debt, getting ready to go into a vocation and career as a pastor and not make any money, so go buy a new car, moron. But I went, and not only did I buy me a new car, you know, I went out to get me a hot rod and stuff, but I wound up with a Mercury Topaz. It's a 1.0 liter. Not only would it not run, and then we had a baby and we couldn't afford, and, uh, but after the first year, and I did a really good. I negotiated that deal down. I got a 12-year payment plan. <laughs> it really wasn't that bad, but it was close. I mean, I was such stu so stupid. College graduate. So the paint peels off it in the first year. Ford won't honor it, and they just said, sorry about your luck. You moved to Georgia, we didn't, you didn't buy it from us, so you're out of luck. So for the next whatever years, I don't remember how long it was, but I hated every time I got in that car. Next five years, paint peeling off of it. It would go from zero to 60 downhill in three days. Uh, I mean, it was horrible. It was such a clunker. Had everything go wrong with it you could possibly imagine. And the whole time I'm driving it, Alan, all I can hear my daddy, I told you not to buy that new car. Uh, and so I'm just telling you, we all live in places in our life with regrets because we didn't listen to our parents. And so it causes us unnecessary pain. But I want to talk real quickly about another uh, pain in our lives that happens, and so listen to me this morning very quickly, and I'm going to be, it's going to be a little touchy-feely, but you realize this morning that when we don't honor our parents, and this isn't very important, you realize there's coming a day when your parents won't be around. And when you're not honoring your parents, there's a lot of folks in this room this morning and watching online that will regret to their dying day that they didn't tell their mama or their daddy maybe one more time or ever, I love you and I'm so thankful for everything you gave me. There's coming a day before you know it that you won't get a chance to do that again because they're going to be gone. And I'm telling you, it will cause you unnecessary pain the rest of your life. James, this is a good message. It's an important message. Remember to honor your parents. Remember to love them. Because I'm telling you, it will cause you unnecessary pain when you don't. And then letter C is I set a wrong example of how my children should treat me. Another good reason, and we get that connotations from the grim fairy tale story about the reasons you want to honor your parents because you realize how you treat your parents ultimately is what you're going to teach your kids. You see, you're setting an example about how you talk about your parents, uh, how you live as, as an adult, how you talk about your parents. It's going to impact the way your kids are going to come up and treat you. A great story on the fairy tale. Uh, now, when, I was, uh, when, when uh, our kids were growing up, Wayne, uh, and, and this is the thing that, that I tried to pour into my kids and I wanted them to know. Uh, I graduated high school in 1983. I know I'm old, so just shut up. Anyway, uh, and so, but, uh, I, and then I moved off from southern Illinois, grew up on a small farm, uh, you know, just a country bumpkin and all that, moved off, and I live 
uh, Tennessee five years and then Georgia, uh, whatever it was, 13 years and the last 21 years here. So I've been gone whatever that adds up to. <laughs> I went sort of equivalent of Morville. Anyway, uh, and so whatever that adds up to, and, and uh, I've been gone that long, 30 some odd years. And I've been at least a minimum of five hours to 11 hours away from my parents all of my adult life. So I don't see them very often. But you know what has happened when my kids were growing up and still to this day? Since 1983, I have called my mama and my daddy, they would eventually get divorced, but I've called my mama and my daddy every Monday for 30 some odd years, John, because why? Because God's word said, whether you had a great experience or not, you honor your mother and your father, and you're teaching your kids how to learn to treat you one day, because I got news for you, it's coming. I got three boys that are now adults and grown, and they've already had the little meeting. And I wasn't, and Belinda and I weren't invited. And I said, what are y'all meeting over? We're going to discuss what we're going to do with you and mom when you guys get too old to do anything. And I'm like, well, what are you going to do with me and mom? And um, the other two looked at Andrew because he's the one that lived here, and the other two live in Tennessee and North Carolina. They said, we don't even care anymore. That's Andrew's problem. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. Is it Ashlyn? Uh, yay. Uh, but anyway, uh, so uh, I don't know how it's going to work out. But the truth of the matter is, is that you, you, you want to honor your parents because you're setting a good example for your kids. Let me give you some positive things, the reasons why we want to honor our parents. And this is really cool, and I think it's going to help the rest of you. It brings our families closer together. When you honor your parents, uh, and, and even if you've had the difficult relationships like we've been real and we've been honest and transparent with you guys. We're not saying because you come to church that you've got a perfect family. We're not saying that at all. But I'm telling you, if we learn to honor our parents, God's going to, listen, look at me, God's going to bless you. When you honor your parents, no matter how frustrated and how bad it was, God is going to bless you. And so lest you think that I'm trying to be super religious and pious and think that this is all easy stuff. It's not. Because what many of you don't know is that I grew up in a Free Will Baptist church home where my dad was the head deacon of our little Free Will Baptist church. And my dad, he worked, he was a workaholic, worked 16 hours part-time on a farm, working a full-time job, but dad was abusive. It's the way he was raised. It's the way he was treated. And he never figured out how to do it better. I was literally told all of my life. The only thing I can really remember is I was working at six years old, helping my dad unload his trucks, working on the farm. And all those things were good, but I never did it right. I was a stupid idiot. I'll never amount to anything. And I was told that my whole life. Some of you know. Free Will Baptist Deacon. We showed up to church, Danny, on Sunday. Wore the suit and tie. Head of the church. My mom was the treasurer and lead Sunday school teacher. And my home was a living hell. Abusive. Not only verbally, but as I'd become a teenager, it would turn into physical abuse. And God says to honor your mom and dad. I've never had a healthy relationship with my dad. And I'm 57. But every Monday, I still called him James. Because God said to. We never had great conversations. He was always about himself. Never really asked much about my kids. It hurt. Half the time I was angry. Use a good word there, uh, and uh, frustrated, but I still called him. And today, Terry, my dad has dementia, and we did the best we could to keep him at home for a long time, and he was, but he just got to where we couldn't, and it was dangerous for him and everybody else around him. So we, my brother and I, we put him in a, in a memory care facility, and now about once a month, my brother does most of the work with this, but about once a month, I go up and help them a little bit. And I go to the home, and I sit with my dad. And I'll spend two or three days just sitting with my dad. And you know what's happened? I still don't have a great relationship with my dad. 
nothing's changed about the dynamics of the way I grew up and the way I've been treated my whole life. But it doesn't matter. God said to honor your father and your mother. And you know what God has blessed me with? As a peace and a joy that I'm doing the right thing, even though I wasn't treated the way I should have been. And do you know what my dad does every time I go up now? This is so cool because God is so good and he honors his word. Every time I sit there with my dad, Tony, he doesn't remember my kids, the family, or anybody else around there, but he remembers me and my brother. And you know what he does? He goes around the home telling everybody, sorry, this is my boy. And I'm proud of him. What? He's a preacher. And I'm so proud of my son. It took me all these years to get there. But God honors his word. You honor and you do the right thing, even when it hurts. It doesn't mean that I ever had a good relationship with my dad. When my kids were growing up, I set boundaries, and I said, Dad, no, we're not doing things your way. My dad was a bull in a china shop. We had boundaries. We had all the rules. But I'm so glad that I still continue to at least honor him in that way. Not let him control, but honor him. God will keep the family closer together. And by the way, me and my brother, we're totally on the same page. How does that, often does that happen? Totally together, because when you do the right word, God blesses the whole family dynamic. Number, letter B, as I gain wisdom to make better decisions, the more that we honor our parents and, and that we do and follow this commandment, God's going to give you wisdom. And even though your parents were not perfect, and, and my parents were not perfect, and I was not perfect parents, and there's going to be so many things that my three boys are going to look back and they're going to go, man, dad screwed this up, and dad did this, and dad got angry about that, and all those things. But here's what, uh, what happens when we honor our parents and we do the right thing, because what I want my boys to know, and this is, this is it, guys, this is it, because what my boys may not remember totally, but all those times when I messed up and whatever, God's grace will overcome that, because here's what I want my boys to remember. There were countless nights when I would drag my backside in from working and trying to start a church and plant a church and grow a church and dealing with all you people, and all those times that I would come in here frustrated and, and angry and, and being trying to run off from fired and all the rest of it, but you know what I did is I set all of that outside the door, and Jonathan, I got on the floor with those three boys, and we wrestled, and we played video games and we did stuff and we talked and I would play with them till I couldn't go anymore until Mom, Belen would put them down to bed and what I want my boys to remember is my daddy loved us he played with us he hung out with us and every time he prayed over us God helped my boys to never ever forget that Jesus loves them and everything they ever want or dream in life is because they have a relationship with Jesus and if they remember that and they have I'm telling you it's worth it all Guys, it makes a difference to follow this scripture because I'm telling you, he's going to give your kids wisdom to make better decisions when we honor our parents. All right, we got to go through this. Commandment number six. What is it, murder? Ouch, dude, don't do that. All right, uh, anyway, is it, isn't that six? Okay, okay, don't kill he. What is it? Don't what? Don't kill. Yeah, don't kill. All right. So somebody on the line is going, what did he just do? All right, anyway, uh, so how not to get away with murder. Commandment number six. All right, you guys tracking with me? All right. Uh, how many of you guys grew up remembering hearing this commandment, thou shall not kill? Remember? All right, raise your hands. How many of you grew up remembering the commandment, I shall not kill? Uh, and I get that, and I appreciate that, and I'm not trying to be controversial, but I'm just trying to be biblically, biblically, <laughs> all right, uh, I'm trying, that's in the original Hebrew, and I didn't know, <laughs> all right, uh, I'm just trying to be biblically accurate, <laughs> hey, I did it, all right, I'm so proud, all right, anyway, and, and so when you, that's really just a really poor translation, 
Because here's what's happened out of that verse being translated wrong, is that denominations all over this country and people are arguing left and right about, you know, the fact that Christians should not be engaged in this and Christians should not go to war. There's whole groups of, of church people that won't go fight in a battle and they don't, you know, they feel like that anything you kill is, you know, you shouldn't eat meat or anything like that. And they take it out of this verse, thou shall not kill. And the problem with it, that is, is it's just not, that's just the old King James Version that was a poor translation. That's all you can say for it. Do you know what the word originally means? And I can't say this word, but it's R-E-T-A-C-H in Hebrew. The way it should be translated is the way, and I think we got it up on the screen, is thou shall not murder. So uh, look with me in Exodus twenty thirteen. You shall not murder. Now here's what the real Hebrew word shouldn't be translated kill, it should be murder, because here's what the definition of the real Hebrew word here is of kill. It refers to an unjust, intentional, violent killing, a violent, angry, often premeditated killing. In other words, it's deliberate murder it's not an accident. And that takes the whole argument about you serving in the military or you can't kill an animal or anything like that. God is not saying you shouldn't ever kill anything. What he's saying is, is you shouldn't get angry and deliberately murder someone. That's different. And so what he's saying to you and I is, is reminding us, and listen, here at Connect Church, we are pro-life. We are pro-life from the womb to the two. Amen? Are you with me this morning? We believe in the dignity of life that God created. And so this morning you're saying, Pastor Terry, according to commandment number six, if I don't like my husband, does that mean I can't kill him? Yes. Pastor Terry, if I don't like my boss, are you telling me the Bible says I can't kill him? Yes. I'm telling you uh, that you can't kill your husband because you don't like him. You can't kill your boss because you don't like them. That is murder. <laughs> okay? You, you tracking with me this morning? And so he's saying to you and I, uh, yeah, I want you to get that down. So you're saying, Pastor Terry, all right, let's just skip on to number seven. You know, the restaurants are getting, you know, we want to go home and eat. So uh, let, let's do this. Hold your horses. Here's what Jesus says. In Matthew 5, 22, that anger can be like murder. Jesus would add to this commandment and say, anger can be like murder. In other words, Pastor Terry, wait, what? What are you saying? Jesus is saying that if you hate someone, are you listening to me? Then you have broken the sixth commandment. So this morning, would you like to know how to get over your anger and your bitterness and your past of people that's hurt you and that you hate them? If you're that person this morning, you need to know that God, that Satan is ruining your life because of your hatred. Would you like to change that? First of all, write this down. You've got to begin to see people as God sees you. And so here's what I want you to do. See others as God sees them. See others as God sees them. We've got to quit breaking the sixth commandment out of hatred. And we've got to realize this morning that God has created you for a purpose. You realize that every one of us have been created by God and he desires and made all of us in his image. And here's what I want you to understand this morning. Romans 5, 8. But God showed his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, this morning, you need to know today is that God so loved you and created you that he has sent his son to redeem you. When you hate somebody else and you can't get past what they've done for you, would you consider what God has done for you? What do I mean by that? Is anybody in here broken the Ten Commandments? Do you know that God has a message for you today. And God's message this morning at Connect Church, if you've broken one of the Ten Commandments, is that he hates you and you're going to go to an everlasting hell. How many of you grew up thinking that's what the church is going to tell me? So you don't come. No, it's not what the Bible says. You're not going to believe this. That's what you deserve, by the way. It's what I deserve. But God so loved you according to Romans 5, 8, 
that he commended his love towards you while you were still a sinner. Do you know what? All of those times you have broken the Ten Commandments, all y'all, you're forgiven. Somebody say amen. You're forgiven, not because you've earned it, not because you showed up today, not because whatever. You're forgiven because of Jesus and the cross. He paid the debt you and I could never pay. You've got to quit living in legalism, and you've got to quit letting the devil bring up your past. Listen to me this morning. If you've applied the blood of Jesus to your situation, to your condemnation, to your judgment and hell, I'm telling you, it is gone. You are forgiven. Anybody in here sinned this morning on their way to church? I told you to get your butt up and get ready on time. And now, and you, how many of you had a fight on the way to church? Don't raise your hands. Put them back down. You're in here and you got an attitude this morning. They didn't get your coffee right at the store. Kirsten ran out at the coffee bar here. They don't have your flavor. And you got mad and you thought something. Uh, shame on you all. Y'all need to come to the altar right now and hit it. <laughs> That's our coffee bar person. <laughs> uh, are you talking about Anthony or you? All right. Anyway, so, so here's the deal. Listen to me this morning. You already screwed up today. You've already sinned against God today. Listen, here's what Jesus says because of what he did for you. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. You're worthy to be in this room this morning. Now, this is going to blow your mind. But because of Jesus Christ, do you know what? You're going to screw up this week. And you're going to mess up next week and in the days to come. But listen to me, because of what Christ has done, your future sins are already forgiven. Somebody say amen. And if Jesus could do all that for you, then you can learn how to forgive others that he's made in his image. Because he does that for you. You can learn how to forgive others. Commandment number seven, kissy kissy. All right. Here we are. Now, this is one you all have been trying to figure out. Safe sex with your spouse. What in the flip is Brother Terry going to say here? Belen's not in town. He's getting his backside fired. But here's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to cover this real quickly and then let you guys go. The point is, is the way to not commit adultery is to have a relationship, sex with your wife. And here's what Exodus says. You should not commit adultery. Exodus 20 and 14. So now, on one hand... Um, and I want you to understand this morning, uh, I, I guarantee you, how many of you believe adultery is wrong? All right, just raise your hand. Everybody, everybody like 78% of our country, even today, 78% in a recent survey agreed that adultery is wrong and we shouldn't do it. Now that other 22%, I don't know who the morons that want to argue that it's okay to have adultery, but all I'm saying is, is I pray to the Lord that they don't know how to reproduce, okay? Because they're idiots. But anyway, almost everybody agrees that it's just wrong to do and, and commit adultery. I mean, there's no argument to it. And so we would all say, Pastor Terry, let's wrap it up and let's go eat. But again, here's where Jesus blows our mind. Jesus comes in and he goes, that's good, but for all you self-righteous people that say, I, I don't have that problem, I've never committed adultery or, you know, whatever, here's what Jesus says in Matthew 5, 27, and he just blows our minds. You, should, you have heard that it was said you should not commit adultery, but I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman in lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now, if we're honest, every one of us has broken the seventh commandment and we've never even thought about it. Every one of us has committed adultery according to Jesus' definition because every time that you've ever looked at porn, you, Pastor Terry, am I breaking the seventh commandment uh, if I look at pornography? Absolutely yes. You've committed adultery in your heart. Does it just have to be physical? No. It, it, you mean if I'm thinking about my coworker, not after the first glance, I notice she's attractive, or the, or the girl at school, I notice she's attractive, God's not saying it's wrong to notice that, but when you take the second look and you begin to daydream about the co-worker and you wish that you were sort of with them, then you, according to Jesus, have committed adultery. Man, it's getting awful quiet in here. I didn't write this stuff. Don't throw stones at me. It's what the Bible says. And that's what we preach here, not philosophy, but the Bible. So you wonder, so you say, Pastor Terry, if you're single here this morning, are you telling me if I have sex outside of marriage, then I've committed 
adultery and violate? Yes. And by the way, this pet peeve here, this one drives me insane. And I hear it here in our community, in our church, is that, well, I got divorced. And so, you know what? I've already had sex, uh, so I can go out and have sex who I want after I'm divorced. No, it's still a sin. Before you got married, it's a sin. After you got married, if you're living with someone, it's still a sin. I don't know how you're not figuring that out. So he says, anybody else here? I just feel like I'm preaching you know, by myself. So I'm just telling you, sex outside of marriage is violating this commandment. So he makes it very clear. It doesn't just have to be the physical cheating. He's talking about your heart. And what he wants is to give you a better quality of life. Remember what the goal of the Ten Commandments is? To give you a better, extraordinary life. Then he says, you've got to quit messing this one up. There are consequences to it. I harm a marriage and family. I harm a marriage and a family when I don't listen to God. Now, the cool part about this group sitting up here on the front row today, and this is a really indictment on my generation, the Gen Zs and the millennials, I know I bust on you all the time, do you know that they are more committed to marriage than what my generation was? And you say, why in the world? Because they do everything else so ridiculous. Why are they, you know why? Because they grew up in divorced homes and they saw all the unfaithfulness of our generation and they're like, we don't want to go through that pain again. And they're a lot more committed to marriage and being faithful in their relationships. And that's an indictment on us. Kudos to you guys. Because they've seen the pain and the harm that it happens can I get real with you guys this morning? And I know you've never heard this, but it's okay because you need to. If you're single right now in the audience and you go, this doesn't apply to me, it does. And to everybody else in here this morning, and especially to this young group here before me, listen to me. I know what the media and I know what your movies and I know what the music says, but it's all a lie out of hell. Can I tell you the truth? There's no woman who dreams of finding that spouse in her life one day, meeting that guy and her dream guy one day, that she wants to meet him and say, I hope you've had all of your sexual experiences out there that you possibly could so that we can be together now. No woman on the planet says something that stupid, so why are you believing that? No person says you know, I hope when we get married, my future spouse, that they're going to have all of these memories of all of their past relationships of sex to compare to me. Oh yeah, you guys go out and have all the sex you want. Nobody says that kind of stupid stuff. Think about how easily we are lied to and how stupid we are when it comes to sex. Y'all tracking with me this morning? Is it not true? And by the way, I've never heard anyone argue who ultimately found the person of their dreams and said, yes, you know what, I love you, but you know, I wish I had slept around more before I met you. I wish that I had watched more pornography before we got together. You know what I hear is totally the opposite. I wish that I'd listened to a bald-headed preacher who yelled and told me the Bible and the seventh commandment, and I wish that I had kept my life away from these things, and I only had you to compare myself to. Because I'm just telling you it's in here for a reason. God wants to bless you with a better life. And when you don't listen to this commandment, you're not only jeopardizing your future marriage but maybe someone else's. Let her be, I risk my reputation, career, and health, and wealth when I don't follow these commandments. Today, in this market, in the world that we live in, you don't follow this commandment, you could lose your job, your career, your sexually tra transmitted diseases, you could lose your health, and there's not a person in this room that's divorced. And listen, we're not here to bash you or to, or to whatever, but I guarantee you could all testify to the younger generation here this morning, it's not worth it. It will cost you everything to go through divorce. It'll cost you a lot more than you can imagine. Let her see, I become obsessed with sex instead of enjoying it. You realize that in the surveys that they tell us that those that have had actual affairs that they found that they are more likely, 300% more likely to consume pornography on a regular basis. They think about it, the people who committed affairs are 300% more likely to 
consume pornography on a regular basis. Listen to me. God created sex. He, lo- he wants you to bless you with it. It's fun. He wants you to enjoy it in the bounds of marriage. It should be fun, but not control you. When you look at pornography, you're literally changing the chemical makeup of your brain so that you can no longer enjoy the relationship with your spouse. Now, here's the thing this morning. We want you to know today that God has created you for an extraordinary life and to get you freedom from all addictions and from every sin. Not here to pile on you. We'll offer you counseling. We'll get you help this week. If you're struggling in one of these areas, I want you to text me email me, whatever this week, get a hold of me, and I'll be glad to meet with you. We're not going to judge you and throw you under the, uh, under, the, under the bus. We're here to help you figure out how to get free from your sins. Because here's what God says in his word. He came to save us. He came to redeem us and to help us who have violated commandments 5, 6, and 7. He created you for an extraordinary life and something better. And you say, Pastor Terry, are you telling me that because God created me and made me in his image, that uh, that means that we're all saved? Yes and no. It means, one, that we're all created in God's image, but it doesn't mean that we've connected with him or have a relationship with him. I want you to look at Galatians 3.26, and uh, here's what we have for you. For you are all children of God. Yes, he created all of you, but what? Through faith in Christ Jesus. Now here's what you've got to apply to your life and mine. Neil, God created you. He loved you and designed you. But you personally have to choose by faith to take and believe in Jesus Christ and apply his shed blood to cover your sins, believe in the resurrection. And if you will do that by faith, I'm telling you, he will give you an extraordinary life and forgive you of all of your sins. Somebody say amen. Now, the choice is today, what are you going to do with this? Are you going to continue to violate the commandments or allow Jesus to save you and forgive you? Will you stand with me this morning? Father, we thank you for your word and your truth. And we pray that as your Holy Spirit just settles down on this place and reminds us, Father, that you loved us and you've chosen us, Father. You've chosen us in spite of our addictions, in spite of our failures, you have chosen us in spite of our hatred, in spite of our addictions to pornography. It doesn't matter, Father. I've not honored my parents like I should have. It doesn't matter. You are still chosen by God, and He wants to forgive you and heal you and bring you into a relationship by faith. He can do that today. Would you step out and come and allow Jesus Christ to save you as we sing a verse of invitation? Thank you for listening to the Sermon Playback Podcast from Connect Church in Tupelo, Mississippi. Connect Church has two worship services on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 10.30. We sincerely hope you'll visit. For more information and details, or if you have any questions you'd like to answer, please visit our website at www.triconnect.church. Again, that's www.triconnect.church.